Well, hello, friends. It's Dr. Missy Clifton here. And today I wanted to take the time to introduce you to a very special and talented new family member at Premier Dermatology and Aesthetics. Welcome, Dr. Laura Battle. Thank you so much. We are so glad you're here with us today and so glad to have you as a part of the Premier team. Um, Laura comes to us not only as a board-certified dermatologist, but also a board-certified dermatopathologist. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. I love a double board-certified girl. So tell us a little bit for our listeners that may not understand that concept and and what education goes into that and and what that means. For sure. So um, as a dermatopathologist, um, you can go about that for one to two paths. Um, So you can either do a dermatology residency as I did, or you can do a pathology residency, and then you would do an additional fellowship, a year of fellowship in dermatopathology. So um, for me, I think I have the best of both worlds because I get to be a dermatologist, which we know is super fun, see patients in clinic and and chat with them and take take good care of them. But I also get to actually see their skin cancers under the microscope or look at rashes. And so it's a really fun like mix of stuff and a good way to tie everything together um, that I really love. Well, we are so happy to have you. Uh, you you texted me this morning to let me know about one of my patients. She, she's very, very good about doing this, guys. She sent me the patient number and said, unfortunately, this patient has a melanoma in situ. And that is so refreshing because I really, especially with a ser- serious type skin cancer, I want to be able to, in a very timely fashion, get back with those patients, make the plan, get them in for their surgery so exactly. that we get it handled. And You never want to have to give that news, but if you do have to give it, you want to catch it early the way you did. You caught, you caught it as the earliest stage possible that you could have caught it, and that way we can get the patient treated in a timely fashion. So it just, when, when everything works like a well-oiled machine like that, we can give patients the best possible outcomes. So well, I'm excited for that. It's so good. It's so valuable. The other thing that's so incredibly valuable with having you there is if I have a a patient with a really complicated rash, or we have a patient with, you know, a weird looking skin cancer that maybe is a a basal squame or something that's kind of a not the average Mm -hmm. run of the mill, we can actually look at those slides with you. You can walk us through it. We can talk about, you know, all of the options. That's my favorite part. Um, I mean, I love all my colleagues and it's so fun to bounce off ideas off one another and look at cases together and um, talk about, like you said, some of these complex um, complex medical patients that we can really take really good care of when we kind of all come together as a team to work on it. Yeah. I always say more brains, the better, right? Yes, definitely. Well, so tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about where you grew up and what led you down the path to become a dermatologist and a dermatopathologist. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Arkansas, um, a little south of Little Rock in a teeny, teeny town called East End. It's kind of towards Sheridan area. Um, grew up there, um, went to school there for a while. And then my last few years of high school, I actually went to the um, Arkansas School for Math and Science in Hot Springs. Smart girl. Which it, it, it was a great experience for me. Fun fact, it's um, one of the only public boarding schools. So that's kind of a cool wow. cool thing. Um, I had an amazing AP bio teacher. Um, shout out to Dr. Krakowiak. She's awesome <laughs> um, there. And that kind of inspired me um, to th- start thinking about medical school. Um, and then I went to undergrad at Rhodes College in Memphis. Um, it looks like Hogwarts, basically. That's one of the part of the it's biggest very, very cool big looking. attraction yeah. for that. Um, so I went there, was a biochem major, um, went to med school at UAMS and did dermatology residency there. Um, and uh, then went to New York um, for a stint for my dermatopathology fellowship. 
So four years of dermatology. Four years of dermatology, yes. And then how long is the DermPath Fellowship? DermPath Fellowship is one additional year okay. after you complete dermatology residency. Well, I'll give you kudos. It's hard. It's hard to go for that extra year, but I think it sounds like it was really worth it for you. It was. It was. And I mean, anytime you can live in New York for a year, right? You got to you gotta take advantage of that, I think too. that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm so glad <laughs> and a little jealous that you got to do that. It was great. So tell us a little bit about what a day in the life of Dr. Battle looks like um, when you come to work at Premier. Yeah. So um, it depends on my day. So the schedule is broken up a little bit depending on if I'm seeing patients in clinic or if I'm looking at um, slides under the microscope. Um, but um, if I am on a pathology day or a pathology heavy day, um, the way that that would work is um, the clinician would have done the biopsy, whether it's myself or one of my talented colleagues would have done the biopsy. And um, the actual biopsy tissue would be put in a formalin jar, just to kind of take you through the life of a biopsy. Yeah, for sure. Um, would be put in a formalin jar and it gets fixed in that for anywhere from like six to 24 hours or so. And then it goes to the lab and one of our very talented um, histotechs um, will gross the specimen. So they'll cut it and they'll ink the edges of it. So we can see like for um, instance on an excision specimen, if the margin is truly um, negative or not, we, we have a special process that we go through that. Um, it goes on the tissue processor and it gets um, wax put around the tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it in like a little wax block. And then again, our very talented histotechs will cut that cut a tiny little sliver of that piece of tissue, put it on a glass slide, and then it gets stained with hematoxylin and eosin, which are these dyes that are actually very beautiful. Um, So eosin is like, yeah, this beautiful like Barbie pink color. And uh, the hematoxylin is purple. And so they make the slides um, for me and um, it comes to to me. And um, I sit under um, at my desk and under the microscope and look at the glass slides that are teeny, teeny pieces of tissue um, that have been um, taken from our patients and hopefully just show not skin cancers, but unfortunately sometimes do show skin cancers. And that's when we can make the accurate diagnosis and let the clinician and patient know as soon as possible so we can get it treated for patients. I love that you nerd out like like I do on this kind of thing. And it is interesting. So many of the pathology specimens, they, they actually make pretty patterns. They do. They do. I know. The funniest thing is um, people hate their seborrheic keratosis, right? They're right. quote, unquote, age spots or wisdom spots. And yeah. then under the microscope, they're very beautiful. They are. They, have they these, actually like, are. Yeah, these like church tier looks to them. Um, they're very pretty. So it's funny, the, well, the listeners, disconnect between that. You can tell that we're, we're, we're definitely nerds at heart. Um, but you brought this up as well. And it is it is Skin Cancer Awareness Month right mm-hmm. now. So um, skin cancer is a huge part of what we do on the daily. So tell our listeners a little bit about the different types of skin cancers and how to identify those. Yeah. So um, the most common kind of skin cancer that we see, and, and just the most common kind in general, is a basal cell carcinoma. Right. Um, the second most common is a squamous cell carcinoma. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, it would be melanoma. And melanoma, as you know, is the more serious type of skin cancer. And that's the one that if is a patient's going to have, we want to catch it early, but we really want to do everything we can to prevent a melanoma. So a basal cell carcinoma and a squamous cell can appear similarly on a patient's skin, and they can be a red bump. They can have some like flaky scale or dryness over the top of them. Sometimes they can bleed without even being injured. And so if if um, any of our listeners have a spot that bleeds without them scratching it or injuring it, just bleeds on its own, then that would be a concerning sign for a skin cancer, and we want them to come see us as soon as possible. Um, and then a melanoma oftentimes can be very dark in color, um, but not always. There's something called amel 
melanotic melanoma, as you know, and it can be like a a pink bump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that's when you really want to make sure you have um, your board certified dermatologist looking you over to to look out for those things. And, you know, something that I always tell patients as well, if you just have a lesion that's just not healing, Mm-hmm. You know, it may not look like very much, but if it's it's not healing or it's growing or especially if it's getting sore or bigger, mm-hmm. you definitely need to come have it checked. Mm-hmm. And if you have something that's just new, that's right, just different, wasn't on your body before, mm-hmm. you just really need to pay attention to that. And some I've noticed some patients almost have an intuition about about lesions where they'll be like, I don't like this. It doesn't feel right. And they'll come come to the office about, you know, just that feeling that they have that this seems like something. I agree. Um, and oftentimes they're right on the money with that. It is often like a sixth sense that they have. And, you know, it is just my practice. And I think everyone in our practice believes this philosophy as well. If someone comes in with a lesion they're concerned about, it just needs to come off, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I really do. They, they they do. A lot of times people know that this is just not normal for mm-hmm. me. Um, so that's and, really important. And hopefully when we do those biopsies, it comes back as a benign lesion, but we're still relieving patients of that anxiety that they have that they're worried about something. So I think that's always a good, Absolutely. good point of practice. And so everybody needs to be doing their skin checks on the, on their own mm-hmm. on a monthly basis. Everybody Definitely. really needs to get familiar um, with, with their skin. Um, and then they need to come in for their skin checks. Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. And we'd love to see you. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Battle, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Of course, today. yeah. And thank you so much for being such a valuable member of our Premier Dermatology oh, family. thank you. We love having you. And after all this talk about dermatology and pathology, I would be remiss not to remind all of you listeners to take care of your skin. Don't forget to schedule your annual skin check or maybe even a little bit more often if you have lots of moles or a history of skin cancer. We now have a team of eight board-certified dermatologists who are passionate about caring for all aspects of your skin health. And don't forget to subscribe to All Things Skin so you never miss an episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.